Welcome to East Texas News Roundup for the week ending November the 1st, 2019. Texas News Roundup is a weekly review of the news in five southeast Texas counties covered by Polk County Publishing Company newspapers, including Tyler, Polk, Trinity, San Jacinto, and Houston counties by the editors of those five newspapers. Tyler County Booster Editor Chris Edwards kicks off this week's podcast. Howdy, everybody. Chris Edwards here coming at you from Tyler County and bringing you the news and events from the Tyler County Booster taken from this week's edition's pages. So, I hope everybody had a safe and happy Halloween. And that's one of those holidays when I was a kid. I used to always love Halloween and the opportunity to dress up and so forth. And, of course, the candy and whatnot. And, you know, it's, it's fun as an adult, too. But it's like the last few years, I hadn't really had much of a chance or much time to really uh, celebrate it properly. And which, you know, this year is more of the same. and really didn't have a chance to get out and do anything. But I hope you guys had something interesting or something fun to do. So... If you get a chance to share with us some of your Halloween photos, trick-or-treating costumes, or any of that kind of stuff on our Facebook page, and you might find yourself in our print edition uh, next week. (laughs) So, boys and ghouls, (laughs) our top story this week has to do with county government level. The commissioner's court met Monday morning and adopted an impact assessment that concerns solid waste disposal. And they're looking at a potential area of land in Precinct 2 out near Chester, which could be a potential area if a landfill were to ever locate there in the future. Of course, there's a lot more environmental impact studies to be done and that sort of thing, but there already has been some over the last few months to see where would be the least amount of impact if such a thing should come into fruition. And the ordinance that was drafted by the county attorney Eric McGee is called the Takings Impact. And what it does is it's an ordinance to prohibit solid waste disposal in certain areas of the county. So other areas other than just this one spot that they've kind of looked at and said is all right. And approving this adoption at the commissioner's court level, it's the only way that the court has any jurisdiction to regulate something should it come to pass if developers come in and want to do this. So stay tuned for any news on this front. Apparently, Precinct 2 Commissioner Stephen Sturrock, who was at a a seminar at the beginning of the year, heard a lot of talk about developers wanting to move landfills in certain areas and so forth. And so they were briefed on some of the protocol involving landfills and TCEQ regulations and environmental impact studies and so forth. So stay tuned for any information on that front. Also in Commissioner's Court on Monday, the commissioners approved the appointment of a new veteran service officer for Tyler County, and that would be Tina. Tina was identified out of a pool of candidates who'd applied and were interviewed for the position during a workshop that was held before the regular court meeting on Monday. And she's going to be replacing Ellen Craig, who served for many years in that capacity until she recently retired. So congratulations to Tina, and we know you'll do great things for our veterans in Tyler County. Moving right along, Tyler County Sheriff's Department is seeking a wanted man who is wanted in connection with the theft of a travel trailer that was reported stolen in September. Roy Harrell McDaniel is the suspect's name, 
And he was arrested, actually, in late September, on September 30th in Jefferson County. And there was a report of suspicious activity in a part of Jefferson County and the suspected stolen travel trailers, one of which was the travel trailer reported stolen in Tyler County, wound up in Jefferson County. Well, anyway, McDaniel was arrested on this date by a constable with the Jefferson County Precinct 4's constable office, or a deputy with that office, and he was taken to jail. He was charged with parole violations, but he was able to bond out before a warrant from Tyler County was delivered to Jefferson County, and his whereabouts are currently unknown. He's been arrested several times in Tyler County since this June, according to uh, Sheriff Brian Weatherford, on numerous charges, including the felony theft charge, tampering with identification numbers, and unlawful possession of firearm by felon. McDaniel is described as weighing in at 170 pounds and being five foot six inches in height and he has brown hair and green eyes and we published his mugshot on our Facebook page and our TylerCountyBooster.com website as well as on the front page of this week's edition of the Booster so you can see what he looks like and if you happen to see him Sheriff Weatherford is letting everybody know that if they know about his whereabouts or have any information pertaining to him or if they happen to see him that they can call the sheriff's office here at 283-2172 or Crime Stoppers which has a hotline that is 936-639-8477 now you need not give your name if you're going to provide a Crime Stoppers tips. I want to get that out there. This past week, Woodville ISD Board of Trustees met, and they voted to accept the resignation of Karen Ford, who is a longtime testing coordinator and curriculum director and most recently assistant superintendent. Karen has served the Woodville ISD, the district, for many years, and she was reticent to go, but she had an offer from Region 5 to be a liaison for them as well as the Texas Education Agency. During the board meeting, Superintendent Lisa Meisenberg said that they were really going to miss Karen's service to the district and that she set a very, very high standard that's going to be very, very high to replace. A lot of varies in there. And Karen made some remarks and said that in all of her years and in the education field, working at Woodville ISD is definitely the high point. So congratulations to Karen on your new gig, but Woodville ISD will miss you and your, your expertise. If you grab the booster this week, you know, we've been running some candidacy statements on our front page. Uh, it is election season. Early voting is almost over with, but Judge Earl B. Stover III is running for re-election. So he turned in a candidacy statement and his biography and everything. So uh, good luck, Judge Stover, on your re-election bid. This week in our paper, uh, we only had one obituary this week, and it was Miss Rachel M. Sturrock. Miss Sturrock was a longtime chemistry teacher at Woodville ISD, and a lot of people in the community have great memories of her. So she was very sweet and very caring person, and she was the mother of our Commissioner Stephen Sturrock of Precinct 2. So uh, our prayers and thoughts go out to Stephen Sturrock and his family and, and all of uh, Miss Sturrock's survivors, as well as her many students she taught over the years. I was at a Rotary Club meeting yesterday, and one of the Rotarians had recalling her fondly and brought the news up at the meeting that she had passed. And he, he actually was a student of hers, Lee Mann, actually, with Mann Furniture. He was recalling her fondly, and he said that, and I'm quoting him here, he said, even though I was the worst student she probably had, she was the sweetest lady there ever was. So Miss Sturrock would be missed. There's a couple other things going on this weekend in Tyler County. One thing I thought was really cool that's happening Saturday is there's going to be a book launch project at the Allen Shiver 
Jasper's library. It lasts from 2 p.m. until 4 p.m., and it's for a Jasper-based author named Jamie Glosson. Jamie has written a book that's about to drop called Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust, Journey from Fear to Faith, and it's published by Woven Books, which is a publisher based in Pennsylvania that does a lot of faith-based works of fiction and memoir and things like that, and Jamie seems to have a pretty interesting story. I've read some of her writing on her blog, some of her short stories. She's a really talented, really gifted writer with a great feel for scene and and language, too. So if you happen to be in Woodville and you want to check out something kind of cool that we don't get in Tyler County too often, come out to the Alan Shivers Library from 2 to 4 p.m. and hear Jamie Glosson speak. She'll have copies of the book on hand that you can purchase, and I'm sure she'd even autograph them for you. Faith, Trust, and Pixie Dust. That's a cool title, Pixie Dust. Remember the candy Pixie Dust, you know, hadn't seen one or even of those in years. And that and then the the band, the Pixies, I always think of it when I see that. But uh, Pixie Dust, (laughs) that's a cool title. There's a few things going on in Tyler County over the last week and things that are coming up. If you get a chance, be sure and pick up this week's edition of the Tyler County Booster. Again, it is a bargain at 75 cents. Be sure and get you one. I guess that's about a wrap on things. Hope everybody had a safe and fun Halloween and hold tight because before you know it, Turkey Day will be here. Until next time, this is Chris Edwards and thank you so much for listening to the East Texas News Roundup. Hey folks, this is Valerie Riddell, editor of the Polk County Enterprise and the San Jacinto News Times, and we want to catch you up with what's been going on in our two counties around the lake. Here in Polk County, State Representative James White hosted a town hall meeting to discuss how a potential nursing program called the Nurse Family Partnership town hall was held at the Livingston Municipal Library on Tuesday, and it's a program to help first-time parents and their families who live in poverty create better future for themselves and their babies. Representative White is working to find a home for the program that will serve Polk and the surrounding counties. And this was kind of a chance for the community and folks with this nurse family partnership to get acquainted what the program can offer people. If you're interested in learning more about the nurse family partnership, you can visit nursefamilypartnership.org or call 888-864-5266. We've got a constitutional amendment election underway. If you haven't voted early by Friday, you get another chance on Tuesday when polls will be open from 7 a.m. to 7 p.m. If you need help making decisions on the proposed amendments, you can visit a nonpartisan guide at leagueofwomenvoters.org or there's some links on the Polk County Clerk's website, Shalana Hawk, that gives you more insight into what those 10 amendments are proposing. On Monday, November 4th, Polk County Criminal District Attorney Lee Hahn is going to speak to the Republican Club about prosecution issues. So if you are curious about what goes on in the District Attorney's Office, this will be a chance for you to get more information. That meeting is at 5.30 p.m. on Monday at La Casita Restaurant in Livingston. That address is, the address is 215 South Washington in Livingston. We continued our look at several ongoing criminal cases and folks that have been away 
awaiting trial for more than a year. Details on that are in the enterprise, part of an ongoing series into the criminal justice system. TxDOT has issued a warning for motorists to be on the lookout for deer. Deer season is open, so they're really moving around and can really cause damage to vehicles and people if you don't keep an eye out. The Livingston Community Concert is hosting its last concert on the season on Thursday, November the 7th. The artist is Rockland Road, and they will be at the Florence Crosby Auditorium at 7.30 p.m. on Thursday, November the 7th. The musicians may sound a little bit familiar. Some of the band members were in the group Exile, and they have performed at the Grand Old Opry, the White House, and have been part of the Larry Gaither Band. It sounds like a great show. The Daughters of the Republic of Texas have some interesting news about Girls of Texas. FEMA has announced an extension if you were affected by Hurricane Harvey. They've extended the deadline. They have extended that disaster declaration to allow people more time to get help with rebuilding their property. Also, in San Jacinto County, if you were impacted by Tropical Storm Imelda, the Disaster Recovery Center is opening up. There's a center in Cleveland, and you can call FEMA and get registered, or you can visit FEMA.gov online and make your application. One important thing to remember, while you're applying for disaster assistance, one thing that will affect your potential benefits is you need to fill out the application with the SBA, the Small Business Administration. Most people get intimidated when they look at the package and see that it's a loan, but emergency management officials emphasize that any assistance offer, you can say yes or no on any loans, but it does help you qualify for more benefits if they just have that initial information and in most cases, if you are a homeowner, you can qualify for assistance through SBA that is not something that you will have to repay. So be sure and fill out both sectors of that paperwork to help you get back as close to pre-storm condition as you can. Also in the news times, we've got some highlights from the fall festival held in Cold Spring. We've got some great photos and stories talking about what all went on there. We've got Yvonne Cones telling us about all the activities coming up in St. Jacinto County, some things that you don't want to miss, some new businesses in town. And we've got kind of a report on employment in the local area. Texas added 7,600 jobs in September, and we kind of give a breakdown on employment in the counties in our area. San Jacinto County has 523 people unemployed as of September, and that's down from 562 the previous month. So employment figures are really looking good in Polk County. The unemployment rate dropped from 4.7% in August to 4.3% in September. So lots of folks are finding jobs in We hope the pay continue to improve for those families that are trying to support their family minimum wage type position. And finally, the SPCA is hosting a estate planning event November the 6th. If you have specific gifts you'd like to leave behind or want to ensure your legacy is protected, stop by First State Bank on November the 6th and they can help you get everything in order. They have a attorney from Houston, Bob Bond, who specializes in estate planning. He'll help you make sure all your I's are dotted and your T's are crossed. We'll see you next week. Bye-bye. Hello, East Texas. I'm Tony Browning, the managing editor of the Houston County Courier. And today is a beautifully cold day in Crockett. Hunting season begins this weekend. Please watch out for the deer running out on the roads. And hunters, please remember to dispose of your empty feed bags properly. 
Each year, Precinct 1 Constable Morris Luker reports to the courier that there is a higher number of trash on the side of the roads during hunting season. Most of the trash is empty corn bags that blow out from the back of pickup trucks. Let's all work to keep our county clean. The Houston County Courier is very excited about our first chili cook-off coming up on November 9th at the Davy Crockett Park in Crockett. We are still looking for people to cook in the competition. You can contact me at the Houston County Courier or our email, couriercchili at hccourier.com. We are also asking the community to come out and taste the chili being prepared. Persons attending can purchase a wristband that allows them to taste chili from each competitor. They can then vote on their favorite one. Veterans who attend that day will receive a free wristband. Besides a chili contest, we're also asking everyone to enter the bread and dessert contest. The bread and desserts may be prepared at home and brought to the event by 9 a.m. All proceeds from the event will be donated to local veterans. Speaking of veterans, by now, everyone knows that I am an Army veteran that comes from a family of veterans. Veterans Day is very near and dear to me. This year, we will once again be running a veteran section to honor our local veterans. I've been able to visit with quite a few interesting individuals in the last past weeks, and I've been able to hear about their experiences in the military, and they've given me some really great stories. So please look at our articles that are going to be running on November 7th, and be sure and thank all your veterans on November 11th. Page one of the October 31st Courier has a beautiful picture of the Crockett ISD homecoming king, Alan Horace and the homecoming queen, Ariana Strange. It may have been raining and very cold that night, but the Crockett Bulldog football team pulled off a win for not only homecoming, but secured a spot in the playoffs. See Larry Lamb's report of the game on page 1B. The Crockett ISD Ring of Honor recipients are listed and pictured on page 2B. Also in the sports section, the Lovelady Lions mauled West Harden 42-6 on October 25th. The Grapeland Sandys had a bye this past week. Front page news included a report by Alton Porter on the Crockett ISD board meeting and a report on a Crockett convenience store that was burglarized. An interesting and hopeful article concerned the Ritz Theater. The owner, Morris Schulman, has been cleaning and clearing out the theater in the hopes to one day open it again. Mr. Schulman made no promises as to an opening date. If you're a person interested in history, you should look at page 8B. The Courier is celebrating our 130th year of production. Each month, on the last Thursday of the month, we print a decade from past papers. This month, we go back to 1980. Thank you, everyone, for reading our paper, and please let me know your thoughts about what you like or what you would like to see in your paper. I've learned over the past few months that Sudoku games are a favorite here in Houston County. I had to leave it out a couple of weeks ago due to lack of space, and I'm still getting calls to complain about that. So thank you, Houston County, for enjoying your paper and the games. That's all we have from Crockett right now. Come on out and visit us at our chili cook-off November 9th. Thanks. The big story this week in Trinity County was the city of Trinity dealing with the water break that took place last Thursday. A main water line that's underground near the south side of Trinity had a rupture, which required the city to invoke a 24-hour boil water notice from late Thursday afternoon to late Friday afternoon. According to city manager Stephen Jones, the boil water notice was put into effect because any time the water pressure goes below 20 pounds, a sample needs to be taken for testing before the water can be turned back on. So a sample was taken 
taken after the water line broke and it was confirmed that everything was fine. Notice was lifted Friday afternoon. Speaking of water, the Trinity County Jail is in need of seven new faucets. At Commissioner's Court last Tuesday, commissioners decided to table the item because they are still waiting for other bids from other companies. And according to Trinity County Judge Doug Page, they want to spend as little money as possible to replace the seven faucets. The Trinity County Jail is more than 80 years old. It was built in 1933. So there's a lot of money that is going into the upkeep of the jail. And the Trinity High School Band competed in area band competition last Saturday. The band qualified by doing well in its regional competition earlier last week. The top 10 bands advanced to the finals and the top five bands from the final round advanced to state. Although Trinity did not advance to the state band competition, which takes place next week, Band director Joe Morales was very proud of his band, and Trinity qualified for area for the first time under Morales' six-year tenure. And a pair of Lansbury Elementary School students in Trinity received bicycles when their names were drawn by LES staff members two weeks ago. Each six weeks, students with perfect attendance get their names put into a drawing for bicycles. One goes to a male student, the other goes to a female student. The first six weeks winners of the bikes were first grader Brentley Mansell and fourth grader Savannah Bro. Congratulations to Brentley and Savannah. And Health Point Trinity celebrated the grand opening of its clinic last week as well. Health Point actually took over the Trinity Memorial Hospital Clinic in January. However, they waited until last week to have the grand opening because they had other stuff they had to take care of in the transition before they felt comfortable doing the grand opening. And according to Trinity Health Point manager Eric Todd, he hopes that Health Point can stay in Trinity for a long time. And switching gears to football, all three football teams were in action last Friday. The Groveton Indians traveled to the Texas-Louisiana border to take on Deweyville. The Indians drove away victors. They dominated the Pirates 46-0. The other two teams had home games but were not as fortunate as the Indians. Apple Springs dropped its District 13 1A Division II opener against Trinidad 28-15. The Eagles must win their final two games at Oakwood Friday and against Chester next week to qualify for the state playoffs. Already eliminated from playoff competition, the Trinity Tigers fell short against District Leader Franklin by the score of 60-12. It was Trinity's last home game of the season and they celebrated senior night. The Tigers are 0-9, they have a bye this week, and they close out the season at Dieball on November 8th. While um, one of our three football teams won, all three of our volleyball teams are playoff bound. Yes, Groveton was the district runner-up of District 23-2A, and the Lady Indians will face Sabine Pass at 6.30pm November 5th at Hold Iceta High School. Apple Springs qualified as the third place Class A seed out of District 23-2A. Lady Eagles, who are fresh off of back-to-back -back wins against Kennard and Goodrich respectively, will face High Island at 6 o'clock Monday at Woodville High School. And the Trinity Lady Tigers defeated Cold Spring Oakhurst in five sets on Tuesday to qualify for the postseason for the first time since 2016. The Lady Tigers are the fourth place team out of District 23-3A and they will face East Bernard at 6.30 p.m. Monday in Navasota. And the Groveton Lady Indians sent a team to the region cross-country meet, and they finished seventh. Trinity runner Alyssa Serda competed in the Class 3A region meet, and Groveton also had Zach Fisher and Cale Blanchard competing in the boys' 2A race. Congratulations to those athletes. Mm -hmm.